welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or ever listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell Manny Pacquiao, the two Gen Cools, and even Gay Black Jesus. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter slash X at Block Talk NYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. It's a Melinda Virgo world, and we're all living in it. The queens were tasked to play Snatch Game as someone solidifies themselves as the star of the season, despite doing pretty shitty overall. Who is it? It's time to talk all things Canada's Drag Race 4. And here with me to blank shit up, it's Zach Iconic. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing blank. (laughs) Is that how the season makes you feel so far? It makes you feel blank? uh, Listen, listen. I am all for television characters. We know I love a good television character. As long as the judges are aware that their actual drag is pretty fucking shitty. The judges in general on this season, I mean, on this show, is just, I don't like it, but that's a whole nother subject. They're we're really talk about it because We're, we're going to talk about it. Um, but listen... We have had other characters on Drag Race in general that I've said are great characters, like Candy Muse. Her drag choices. They found this psychopath from Ottawa and said, or Edmonton, and said, you, you are our star because you are absolutely insane. Same thing with Ottawa. Well, that's a whole different conversation, but that's a whole oh, girl. Um, y'all go back to those recaps, the uh, all stars and and season what fourteen? <laughs> um, as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us. Reality direction. We are showing the editing the television show wants to see. We react to what is presented yesterday. The real people that give an opportunity to go and tell them to share their craft with the most else to discuss what's said in the podcast or entertainment to discuss reality of the show. Um, let's just get into it. We we have a lot to talk about. Uh, it's time to watch the fallout from that untucked and baby, it was just as juicy. This season has really taken a turn for like they're giving us a drama. Yeah, it was a double save, and some people are not thrilled by it and other things. They are still at top nine. There are a lot of emotions and tension, and they all have something to say. So let's start with Venus, who will congratulate both Amy and Nira as it was. Fierce. And rather than take that in, Amy will reel in the drama and ask the room if they expected her to go home. Listen, don't ask a question you're not prepared to receive an answer for, because the answer was yes. They wanted her gone. 
Nero will say in a very unconvincing tone that she is happy for Amy, that she's still there as in Untucked, things were thrown around. Cue the video. She knows that there is a weird energy coming from her and Amy, mostly on her part, but she claims she wants to mend that with her. Amy will say she doesn't have to apologize as it was the way that Nero was feeling and she has to respect that. She tells her if she don't like her, she don't like her. <laughs> At least someone's going to be honest about it. Like, if you don't like someone, just, just own it. You don't have to play pretend like Nira's doing. It's a quote. Um, Candy Muse herself. If you don't like me, you don't like me. Yeah. Now, Denim will adjust the focus as she is a little confused that there is someone sitting there saying they are going to give up and don't want to be there. So let's talk it out, Melinda. Keyword, talk, not yell and scream in defense. We will begin mildly with Melinda saying she is not giving up. She put on her boots, ready to lip sync. She will elevate the level of her voice and say that she's not there because she wants to be there. She is there because of the people still believing she should be there. And she is now realizing her presence there is much, much bigger than her desire to be there and has to fight for those people. Okay, Melinda, you are not actually helping your case at all. What are these words you're putting out there? Um, do you not agree with what she was kind of saying, though? I don't think she of understood course. in that moment that she would be that iconic, like, on screen. No. No. But, like, I can and she's going to actually... It. She's actually going to make it worse. And she will say that Kiki believes in her, but she is also there for the people she helped build their garment. Okay? Roll the tape. I need to see this. What the fuck is she talking about? Allegedly, she helped her Vivian Westwood-inspired sister Venus with the look on her head, or is her wig, or was it denim and her knit hood? What the actual fuck is this crazy lady talking about? I did not see anything, did you? I didn't see anything. I don't know when the BBs of Harbonnet All-Stars 3 they had going on, but they didn't mention mm. it or... Now, I, I, listen, I don't know her skills. I don't know what she does or doesn't do. I fairly recall Denim being the, the knit queen. So I don't think Denim was asking for help about the thing on her head because that's her territory. When it comes to Venus, if it was Venus, I don't think Venus had any help because that was that was um, a, a safety pin in a dream. So I'm not really sure how she helped either of the two of them. She should have been helping herself, if anything. Listen, Melinda is a bit PO that no one mentioned her help on the main stage because she was made to look like a fucking idiot when it came to fashion. Denim will say that she thanks and appreciated her, but at the end of the day, there was a challenge and she understood the assignment. Melinda is like, I understood the assignment in my own way. And that excuse only works on the television show Dragula. Or Gothic. Yeah. Now, Nira will say that Melinda is saying she doesn't want to be there, which is essentially the words that did come out of her mouth. But Melinda says that at that point, yes. Also, the, if you looked at the fun editing, this was allegedly only 43 minutes earlier. So um, thank you for telling us how filming works. Melinda's not like the only person to say that, of course, that they want to quit. So I don't understand why it was... You know, surprising. I don't think they're the only person that feels that way in that room either, no. like, sometimes. Now, Melinda claims a lot has happened between there and now, and Luna will say that's a quick turnaround, and Venus is like, enough on that, you're here because Kiki chose you to be here. So let's hear from that lady. Kiki saved Melinda because, well, she doesn't get to say because Kitten's going to cut her off and say they have an alliance. Listen, 
I would have said the same thing, but I would have kept those words in my head and not coming out of my mouth. Can you stir that pot, girl? I love that she's just like Alliance and just sits back, eats her popcorn, and she's out of the line of fire. That's why I kind of love Kitten. Like they're they're shady, but not too shady. But now, they Kiki said will try um, to save Melinda, it. right? Like Amy was like, save Melinda. Yeah. yeah. Kiki will try to rationalize it and say that not only this week, but also the past week, she will now sternly tell Melinda that she doesn't want to hear it from her as she is here and she wants her to show that she wants to be there. Luna will say that they can't keep begging girls to want to be there. That's not why they're here. And Venus will get loud and say, either show up and do the fucking challenge or go home. She is pissed. Venus hopes she can't say that again. And Melinda is really not going to get it. And is like, why can't I say what I just said? Are wires being crossed? Is something lost in translation? Because Venus is referring to the whole I don't want to be here thing. And Melinda thinks she's referring to what she literally just said, which is why we can't have a nice conversation because no one's on the same page here because everyone is in the emotions. Right. They're probably tired as hell. Like, and um, I, I see why. Melinda did get mad, especially watching it back, because Venus did start yelling first, it seemed like. And I'm like, sure, oh no, sure. you start yelling, Melinda gonna start yelling. Like, it's just gonna be a back. Well, Melinda will start freaking out, screaming as to why she can't say what she felt, not realizing Venus was referring to her saying she doesn't want to be there. She screams that whatever consequences that might have brought, she was ready to fucking face. And Kiki saved her, and she decided not to incline, decline, which apparently she was ready to do. So she decided to not decline because this person here, Kiki, showed kindness on the fucking stage, and she needed to reciprocate it with gratitude. And Kiki's like, can we please stop dragging me into this shitstorm right now? I, I, I did my duty. I'm good. Now, Venus and Nira are, like, screaming, whoa, 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 to get Melinda to slow down with her words, and this instead gets Melinda to not something off the table storm out again fuck this noise okay now denim will tell kiki that she should have sent her home and that she made a bad choice venus is not here for melinda's energy and you can tell that there were some lines drawn in the sound it is everyone versus melinda and kiki with kiki wanting to play switzerland hmm. this is my problem um it does seem like once the gals pick a side, they really pick a side because then well, I'm they saying, oh, you should have sent her home. I didn't like that. I'm like, it, it okay, was, it was first a bit of all, messy. Yeah, this is like a, a good moment for TV, but then that just, it's like, what's the reason? <laughs> right. Right. Aurora loves being part of the drama, but not being the drama. But don't you wait, girl, your name's going to get dragged in shortly. Melinda will walk back in probably uh, 10 seconds later. And she will be confronted by Venus telling her she doesn't appreciate the yelling and that it's not what she said. She will tell her she is better than that. And rather than try to move on, Nero will keep adding fuel to the fire and says that she feels like a person should want to be there. Didn't we just get over this part, girl? Well, Melinda responds to her, for you to say that I didn't want to be here. And immediately Nira and Venus will jump on her and be like, that is what you said. And Melinda's like, in the moment. Said, okay. past tense. That's exactly what I mean. 
let's get to the safe girls into the drama because Aurora, you are going to have your name called out. Amy will ask the safe girls what they feel about their outfits. Venus says she was shocked and it's Melinda is she's like, yeah, you should have been girl. You didn't need to say it. Luna says she is not shocked to be safe and Amy will criticize Luna for having a pin where it is open and on the sides and asks if it's couture. And here we go again. The battle is on. Amy is coming for Luna's look. She really doesn't like that she has towels wrapped around her body with sequins on her sleeves. But Amy here was really trying to get Aurora to answer, but it's all Luna all the time because she got a fight too. Nira will announce that they are going in circles again as it has been a lot for the day. It's time to get out of drag. Now, obviously, we see this portion every episode where they um, talk things out before getting out of drag. Usually it's a congratulations on the lip sync or I'm missing that person so much, blah, 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 blah. Not this time. This time it was, I feel like the extended edition. I think the producers told them before they walked in, they said, get everything out you're not leaving until you do uh because this one drags on way too long there's just a lot of random fights like especially luna and amy it's like why why are y'all fighting <laughs> well it, it it almost feels like this is residual resentment from the uh qvc challenge where Amy was made to look a fool by Nira and Luna so it's almost like she just has, has it out for the two of them and the two of them have it out for her I don't know if keeping Amy was worth it just to um, get these few extra moments, but hey, they made something out of it. They did. Now, Kitten will turn on her maternal soul and ask Melinda if she's doing okay, and her response is she will find out in a while. So she either was ready to quit or she was going to have a conversation with production to find out if they were kicking her off. But they are in, in the thick of the competition. Their true colors are starting to show. As Venus says, if you get called out on something, don't be surprised. The proof is in the pudding and the pudding tastes like shit. And there it is. There's the quote. Now that was a lot to unpack. Do you like the constant drama that truly is a direct result of the Golden Beaver? Do you think this will make the cast stars? Or is their fan perception moving into the world of post-drag race going to be affected? Because this really is an all-star twist in a regular season. Um, From what I've seen so far, it seems like people are receiving it well. Like, the twist, especially with Canada, it's, like, usually the slipped-on type season. But this one, I'm hearing a lot about, right. um, especially with, like, the drama popping off and stuff. So I think it will help them out, like, this this format change. Yeah, because, again, like, a lot of the time there are people who are not fans of the overly dramatic, angry villains. It's just natural now. So it, it's really interesting to see the dynamics because I have a lot of listeners who are like, I love Melinda. And I'm like, what? And it's because they like the TV part about it. Not the drag. Let's look at it. We'll talk about it. The drag's not great. Um, but she is an incredible television character. So I think there is a really interesting push pull about this twist and how it is affecting the season for Canada. They needed this. They needed that little boost of pop of um, not making Brooklyn make all the terrible decisions that she did last season. Um, this takes the onus off of her. Thank God. Um, but Hey, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Cause I'm not so happy about what's going to happen next week. If I have predictions. Well, Brooklyn, 
kind of it's it's a it's a hit or miss for Brooklyn. So I guess it's nice to see the girls to be in charge of having to pick who lip syncs because I think there were many times last season. Yeah, there were many times last season, uh, especially when it came to Miss Jada Shada Hudson, uh, where she's in the bottom and gets saved or she gets put in safe because Brooklyn just could not put her in danger. Um, and this now just takes every any personal relationship that Brooklyn may have, it's out of her hands. So it's like, I put you in the bottom. It's up to everyone else to decide what you, what they do with you. So I'm sure she pushed for that. Maybe she listened to the podcast a couple times. Brooklyn, put me on the a panel, please. Is a new day. They're all still there. Melinda's feeling renewed. She has had a chance to think about the things she said. Do you think she did get a talking to by production? Um, maybe. I don't think she cared that much if she did. Yeah. She will lead the table chat by saying she wants to please extend her humblest apologies. If they felt disrespected by her actions and words, she says she overextended herself the past couple weeks. Would you accept her apology? Yeah, I mean, it happens. Like, they're all fucking exhausted, so it's bound to happen. Venus says there was a lot of energy that they were all feeling. They were feeling a lot of things, and she loves Melinda, and Melinda loves herself, too. It's a semi-happy band-aid on the situation. Well, there's no more time for chit-chat. The alarm sounds as RuPaul says that they want to make it in Hollywood North. They have to put the loon in lunar and eclipse the competition. Shoot for the moon, because even if they're a falling star, they will make a big bang. Yeah, okay, what the fuck did that have to do with anything? This was just one of those extra videos that they filmed just in case, and they just put it in there because they wanted to. Um, Also, the fact that this is Luna's exit episode, and that was all about the moon. So sad. Foreshadow, man. (laughs) Yeah. Brooklyn Heights Trade Edition arrives. Look at her with facial hair. Wow, boy, Brooklyn. Brooklyn probably said, okay, give me two days off before we do Snatch Game so I can look really hot. Let me grow my stubble. Let me, you know. Yeah. (laughs) She says the queens need the essential, but the most essential accessory is her reading glasses because the library is open and reading is what? Fundamental to get more drama to happen. Production probably said this was supposed to come later in the season, but after that untuck, let them blow up scene, and baby, they did. Some of these are just straight mean. They were so rude. Um, do you think this was intended for this episode, or do you think that it was, it was a swap room? I don't think this was intended. Oof. It's kind of hard to say, because it is Nash game, so maybe, but I don't know. It worked out. It happened at a good moment. It wasn't attended. Kitten on Melinda, you are such a homebody with a body like that. I'd stay home too. That was really good. (laughs) Kitten on Venus, you are so tall and lean. The curviest thing about you is your penis. Aurora on Kitten, the queen of the hour. And that would be the 6 p.m. bingo show down the street. No wonder why I've never seen you around Toronto. And all the bingo queens around the world are like, What's wrong with bingo? This is rude. You make money there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aurora on denim. Nothing is drier than denim's vocal fry. Oh, wait. I forgot about Melinda's dry ass wigs. Girl, they are thirsty. She's not wrong. That Bob was parched last week, like begging for order. But then Brooklyn will jump in. 
and say, for the record, she wants everyone to leave Melinda's wigs alone. They may be flat, they may be dry, but she's from the prairies and she's trying to represent. <laughs> Brooklyn, you just won the reading challenge. Catching strays from fucking Brooklyn. Like, oh my gosh. Melinda on denim. 10% cotton, 5% spandex, 85% polyester. It would have been funnier if she said 85% filler. Yeah, you just need a different It should have been for Nira. It, it was a good joke. It was a good attempt, but it didn't land. Yeah. Venus on Aurora. You know, you do remind me of the Aurora Borealis. Beautiful to look at, but easy to miss. Okay, okay. Amy on Venus. You are beautiful, talented. Can you go aside for me, please? Now she's gone. Okay, that's fair. She looks like a fucking stick. She's very, very, very thin, slight young woman. That was cute. That was cute. Kiki. Kiki on kitten. Kit caboodle is what you call a triple threat. At any time, she could have a heart attack stroke or shit her pants. Okay, that was really good. That's fucked up. <laughs> that, she's going to really have a for that, that was one. was so funny. <laughs> yeah luna on aurora i want to introduce you to my friend our name is steamer maybe you could use it for your runways next time okay that's not a read that's just a fact because that fucking thing needed a steamer you needed some advice you know a little playful on shade denim on amy you didn't deserve to be in the bottom last week actually you don't deserve to be here at all me okay that was rude <laughs> That's just mean. That's not even a joke. And Dan I did laugh, though. You're, yeah, so did I. You're from Toronto, which is also known as the Six, which is funny because that's the highest placement you're going to get this season. And she says, prove her wrong. Oh, poor girl. Don't say those things. Don't say those things if you can't back it up. And finally, Denim on Kiki. We have a couple things in common. We both have wrestling bitch face. We're clearly not comedy queens, but I'm autistic. What's your excuse? You gotta give it to the girl after that one. I mean, she used her own experience to read another bit. She gotta respect her. It's true. The winner of the reading challenge is Denim. Do you agree? No, I think um, Ken was the one who said the homebody joke, right? It should be Ken. It should be Ken. I agree. Well, Denim's gonna win $2,500 cash courtesy of the men's room. I still would love to visit the men's room. That sounds like a fun place. Especially if they're giving out checks. Right? Now that they have proven they can read, it's time to be funny, girl. It's time to play the snatch game. They must serve up their most hysterical celebrity impressions and make them laugh their snatches off. If you had to do snatch game, who would you portray? Um... I would probably do something that people know, but maybe I could uh-huh. like turn on his head. I'd probably do like Vice President Harris or something crazy. Okay, that's fun. That's what a about fun you? one. I've said it many times, and maybe the time will come one day. I would do Alan Carr. Oh my gosh. I would love that. I would love that. It's so easy to do. Um, and I've watched enough of Chatty Man to to know his cadence and the way he talks. And all you have to do is just give Rue a, uh, offer Rue a drink and, and say wild things and you're, you're good. Make weird faces. It's, it's such an easy one to do. I know they Somebody say doing a comedian is hard. Like... Yeah. But it's... Alan Carr is one of those who has a persona around the comedy. So I think doing Alan Carr would be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Well, this is the beast of a challenge, and we're about to see why this one is going to be iconic for some of the wrong ways. Melinda and that thirsty fucking wig will ask the room who is doing what character. So let's dive in. Venus has two options. Either the Tiger King, but she really wants to do her icon, Fran Drescher. Here is the theme of the episode. I don't care how fucking good you are with a character. If a character has been done before, don't do it again. I have had it with queens not researching or neglecting to care when it has been done. The Drag Race cinematic universe is vast and we need to stop repeating characters because if you force your hand to either have to one-up someone or be compared to them, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to help you. It's going to hurt. Now, one exception. If you are in the same filming season year as a character that is used, you will be given a free pass from me. And we're going to get into it because that's about to happen again. Near Enough is going to tell her love bug sissies that she is doing Jennifer Coolidge. She says she's got a good voice when it comes to impersonating her and thinks it will be really funny. So let's get to Jen Cool Gate. Aurora and Denim are living for Nira's Jen Cool. But out of the corner of her eye, she sees that little Miss Kitten Caboodle has her own cheetah print and dusty gray ass wig. All right, we're already attacking her. And thus we learn Kitten is doing the Coolidge dumbass. Now let's discuss. You you watch a lot of Drag Race, right? Of course. All right. Well, prior to 2023, Jennifer Coolidge has been performed once in Snatch Game by Scarlett Adams on Drag Race Down Under Season 1. In 2023, Jennifer Coolidge has been used four times. Yes, spoilers, Nira and Kitten are both doing Jen Cool, but we'll get into that. The other two times she has been used was by James Mansfield on Drag Race All-Stars 8 and Dee Dee Marie Holiday on Drag Race Philippines 2. That means Jennifer Coolidge has now been used five times. So I am officially declaring that Jennifer Coolidge shall never be impersonated again on Snatch Game. Y'all have had your chance to see it being done. You do not need to do it again. <laughs> no, not Jennifer being banned from the Snatch Game. I'm hollering. <laughs> we have literally had years where people are like, why has no one done Jennifer Coolidge? Why has never no one done Jennifer Coolidge? I think everyone read the same fucking article that says why Jennifer Coolidge should be done on Snatch Game. Okay, you read it, noted, done. I, I just, I, I I can't. Like, I, I know we had a lot of duplicates this year. We're going to still have more duplicates as this episode goes on. But what do we need to do to help the queens get on Drag Race and have a variety of options? Because there's not only 100 celebrities in the universe. Um, I think maybe, like, it should be easier to do characters, I feel like. I know there's copyright issues. But it definitely should be yes. easy to do characters on TV shows and movies and, or books. Or, I don't know, do some research. Find people that people may not know too much about. Or, if you're going to pull someone out of your ass who's a little bit of a dated character, make sure you know everything about them first. But we'll talk about you, Kiki. Don't you worry. Now, Nira will continue to cement herself as a brat as she calls over to Kitten and asks what her red wig option was. Now, Kitten says it was Ethel Merman, and I have been begging for that one for years. I wanted to see Ethel Merman, but alas, in time, anyone who hasn't 
been on the show and has Ethel Merman ready to go, that's the one you do. Because especially if you do it for RuPaul, oh my God, it could be brilliant. I'm going to ask you a scary question. I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you know who Ethel Merman is? Hell no. Heard the name before. Ethel Merman is one of the most iconic stage actresses of the early generation of Broadway. She was the original um, in Annie Got Your Gun and Anything Goes and Gypsy. She's this big, boisterous, loud, brassy um, woman. Have you seen the movie Airplane? I've never seen airplanes. Is that like, is that the um, one with the snakes on it? I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> no. Okay. She has a cameo in, in airplane and it's, it's brilliant. So there's the research. I did it all for you. Whoever wants to go do Ethel Merman on snatch game. I will give you praise as long as you don't fuck it up. It just, is she singing so on the airplane? Is she singing on the airplane? No, no she's not singing the airplane. The, ca- the cameo is there's a flashback scene in a um, war hospital and she like pops up and starts singing. Uh, it, Shell shock. It's very, very funny. Nira is going to tell Kitten she is doing Jennifer Coolidge and it's not changing, not even offering a backup option. Do you think that was a smart and fair thing for Nira to do, or did this cement her as a brat? I think she's a cunt. Um, yeah. I think Nira is a cunt because she <laughs> she literally could have had picked something else and done just as bad as she did. Um, and just let Ken have Jennifer because Ken did better. Sorry. Mary's going to straight up tell Kitten that she sounds like Jennifer, and true as it may be, it was just not a cute look. Kitten will not give away her power. She will tell the room quite passionately that Jennifer Coolidge is an inspiration as she has been battling younger actresses taking all the roles and being aged out. She says that she is actually inspired by her when she heard voices coming out of her saying, you're too old for Drag Race. You're 57 years old. And now Jen Cool is fucking winning awards no matter what. It made her keep going and get on Drag Race. Now, I think this was a moment of bad mean editing, but peep Nira giggling and biting her nails like she thinks this is funny. She's a cunt. <laughs> so I guess there's going to be two Coolidges. It's a Coolidge off. Now, according to Nira, one is young, one is old. One is good, one is bad. One is what you order online versus what you get. I bet she didn't realize she was talking about herself when she made those statements. <laughs> I mean, you gotta respect that, though. She stood on her tins about her character, so good for her. Bonjour, Blankers. It's time to find out how their snatch is. Luna joins Brooklyn first, and she has got Mary M. Crosby. Not from the Cosby show, but from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Are you a fan of the Housewives? Housewives of Potomac. I've never seen Salt Lake. Okay, okay. Luna says Mary is a lady of the church, but also not the most Christian in how she acts. She's very rude, very condescending. So Brooklyn will tell her to use that Bible thumping to her advantage and tells Luna that she doesn't want to have to keep telling her more, more, more. She wants to keep telling her too much. Now, Luna is praying to the drag gods that she gets her funny bones going. Okay, that's all fair. That's all good. Um, Why do you think Luna picked this character? And hearing what Brooklyn said, why she didn't have a backup character, or do you think the backup character was as equally passive? Oof. I feel like no matter who Luna would have picked, it would have ended up the same way. 
I just think Luna's kind of like stuck in like not trying to come off a certain way, especially with like her being yes. raised, you know, she's African. It's just a different type of vibe and perspective. I think that they're just a more stern type of person. I don't think Snatch Game is their their thing. No. We have Melinda who is sharing her first choice. She puts on a man wig and says, Hello, Philippines. Hello, Miss Brooklyn. His name is Pac-Man. It's Manny Pacquiao, the boxer. Now, is he funny? For those who watch Drag Race Philippines too this year, if Miss Hong Kong herself, Varushka Levels, Mama Pacquiao was any precursor, the answer would be no. Uh, did, did you see that bomb of a Snatch Game? Um, I looked at it. I didn't watch the whole Snatch Game. Oh, it was bad. It was so, so bad. Now, we will be reminded that Pac-Man is a lot bit homophobic, and Melinda says that will come out in her stick. Can't wait for it. Melinda is feeling grateful that Kiki gave her a second chance with a save and is now feeling the pressure to deliver. Next up is Kitten, and I, I, I will say it. Her wig was a bit too gray for my taste for Jennifer Coolidge, but alas... The character is in her age group. They both have the initials JC, well, her, out of drag. Is she having a bit of a moment? Yes, she is. Kane will tell Brooklyn that there is another Gen Cool, which having the same character has never been done before on Drag Race. And the nerve of Miss BLH when she says she can use that to her advantage. Excuse me? RuPaul would never allow it. I don't think it's fair to the contestants, and I fully, fully think this was just a forced-for-television moment. Yeah, I can't believe there have never been, like, two of the same characters before. Honestly, I games. mean, we've been teased about it probably half the time we've had Snatch Game, where people are like, I'm doing that character, I'm doing that character, and then one switches. I don't think it's a, a benefit to have the same character, because you are now forced to play with that character. Yeah, and they're going to see you next to each other. <laughs> exactly. As we see. Amy is here to reveal herself, and it's the second coming of gay Jesus Christ, literally. Amy is taking on Jesus, but making gay. Sound familiar? Well, Ashley Madison would like to have a word, but Amy is making Jesus black because who says he's white? Exactly. Brooklyn tells her not Brooklyn tells her not to be afraid to have a good time. And that's important to remember. You don't want to be big all the time. So she tells her to have levels. We'll talk about her gay Jesus. Cause I got thoughts, but I need to know what was the pink wig she had? Who the fuck was she going to be? Was she going to be Nicki Minaj? I think it was Nicki. I really do think it was Nicki. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Oh, boy kiki's up to the table and she's excited and i would have been excited by her pick had it been done by anybody but her it's elizabeth taylor she says she kind of relates to her as she loves diamonds and she loves men that's it that's All right. that, that's how you relate to elizabeth taylor girl how will she make her funny she will not be able to imitate her voice, but says she is a heavy smoker and will give a raspy voice and have big diamonds. Brooklyn's not buying it, and I'm not buying it either. Now, Kiki is feeling confident in her character. She says she will have fun. So clearly, Kiki Co. has prepared for everything in Drag Race except for this challenge, which is a fatal flaw. Don't hurt me again. 
are you familiar with who Elizabeth Taylor is at least? I'm more familiar with Elizabeth Taylor, but not always. Okay. So, um, is she Canadian? She is not. So this is an American icon. Well, she's a she's an international icon because do you want to know where she actually is from? Where? She's actually technically British. Born in England, England, yeah, born in England, lived in America. I believe she has dual citizenship for both countries. Um, Obviously, we know her more as, quote, American because of being a Hollywood starlet. Um, But no, she she is a dual nationalist. But I have heard of Elizabeth Taylor. So did we even get the smoker's voice that Elizabeth was known for? We got a voice. That means that means no. It's a big no. All right, let's talk about voices. Uh, let's do it. Demo arrives and shares her first option is Julia Fox. Remember how we recently learned that RuPaul had no idea who that lady was? <laughs> well, at least this host is familiar with this one. Denim already has the voice of Julia, as it is her own voice. Brooklyn tells her she has to think about her character and how they would respond to anything and how that can be funny. I personally, I, I I don't, I'm not a huge Julia Fox fan because I, I think there's a time and place for insanity and I think her insanity is just a little over the top for me. Are you a fan of the Julia Fox? No, I don't really keep up with Julia Fox. Um, yeah, I've never known them to be funny. Like, that's my thing. I didn't even know she had a voice. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But it's time to have a very important conversation, one that we've never had on Drag Race. Denim is asked how it has been for her to be on the spectrum in the competition. She says she's been dealing with it a lot better than she thought she would. She had a lot of fear coming into it about not being able to connect with people. She shares with us that she had a learning disability her entire life and was officially diagnosed with autism last year. She says she is allowing herself to be herself for the first time in front of the world, which is a scary but liberating thing. Now, Brooklyn tells her it's been paying off as she has been surprising them every week. Do you think we're going to hear more about uh, Denim and how autism affects her and her drag? Because I think it is an important conversation, um, one that we really never hear about. Um, It definitely is something different as far as the storylines that we have gotten from Drag Race. I don't want to hear about it too, too much. But then again, I would like for it to be brought up again, especially if Denim makes it to the end. It would be nice to mm-hmm. bring it up and revisit to see how it, you know, accumulated to their being in the in the finale. Because they have, like, these artistic visions, and it's just so beautiful to see. It's like, wow, bitch. Absolutely. Um, dare I say, her arc is very similar to one Miss Willow Pill. Yes, it's very whimsical. I feel like... Um, Denim's a little bit more crazy with it. Uh, just a little bit more. Yeah. Like, a little bit more psychedelic. All right. Next, we have Aurora, who will be doing Emperor Zhao Bing of Ancient China. Such promise on this one. Now, if you're like me, who dat? Let's discuss. He was a six-year-old when he went on the throne. He ruled for 313 days and then died. How, you may ask? Well, we'll find out later because that's all you're going to know. Mm-hmm. Now, Aurora will give a bit of her characterization, and with those tiny hands, we should have had a winner. But alas, not a fully fleshed out idea, but we'll get to it. 
Brooklyn thinks it's really smart when people use their culture as it is a weapon only they can use. So Roar is ready to have fun with it and bring it to life. Do you like when contestants bring characters like that to Snatch Game? It can be kind of refreshing to not know the character sometimes and just to see how they're portrayed. But I like to know the character mostly. Yeah, I, I think there's a really, really delicate balance when you do a historical figure. I think we've had some great historical figures, many of which have been performed by theater performers. Like you can throw out Rosé and Cheddar Gorgeous. I think um, had it not been the episode it was, we would be talking uh, about a little more promise from Lady Camden Shakespeare. Um, when you do a historical figure, you have a lot of room to bring in the history and a new characterization, make it bigger, make it crazy, whatever you want to do. There's, there's an option, but it has to be fully fleshed out. And we're going to talk about Aurora because she does have a theater background. She is trained in how to do it. I just don't think she planned it. If that makes sense. Yeah. She kind of faded in the background a little bit for me. Brooklyn thinks. It's going to work. But Nira, let's see if she thinks this will work. She arrives and she has only brought one wig, which means she's definitely only showcasing one character. It's Jennifer Coolidge. How will she make her different than the other Jennifer Coolidge? Well, Nira will say that she is younger, to which Brooklyn is like, and she is older. Take that, Gen Z. <laughs> I, I really want to break this down because I don't think Nira was trying to be funny here she really thought being a younger jennifer coolidge was the right thing to do nira is the one of the most perplexing people to watch on candace drag race and not in a good way like with melinda <laughs> yeah but work brooklyn will tell her that if she used it properly her and kitten could have so much fun together i mean sure listen you can be like mirror image play to the age thing old gen new gen but that would require nira to get up for high horse and collaborate um yeah it would be better if like if y'all were friends or weren't like beefing kind of <laughs> right but yeah that definitely does make a weird dynamic venus is here and i'm sorry that wig and statue with that crop top and the g-string i'm dead what a moment <laughs> Venus is going with Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, as it is not her first choice. That would have been Fran Drescher. Brooklyn will almost immediately shut her down and say that the voice is funny, but once they get past the voice, where's the meat? Which is the tea? Uh, Courtney Act would like to have a word, but that's fine. That's a whole, that's so many, so many seasons past. Venus knows that Joe has the meat, even though her mind has been set on Fran. She's got nothing for Joe. And I say, then why did you bring him? Do you think it's important when you get ready for Drag Race that you don't have one good character, you have three good characters? Yes, I was believe I'd say you need three. You literally need three. Brooklyn wants this to be Venus's choice as she doesn't want to be blamed if Venus is bad at Joe Exotic, but says that she wants her to think about it and go with her heart. So Venus took the hint and will be going to Oklahoma and pick up Joe. True or false? Joe Exotic has been done on Snatch Game before. Joe has been done. And that was by... Um... That is true. Chelsea Boy, season one of Drag Race Holland. That was the only time? 
that's the only time. So this is only the second appearance, which I still say, don't do it. Didn't need to happen. That being said, one was done in English, one was done in uh, Dutch. So different strokes. Brooklyn leaves as the girls get their funny train going full steam ahead. And only we have this moment for a got-to-be product placement. The showcasing of this was wild. They were just their hair. And listen, I know got to be is a very important product to a drag artist, but maybe be a little less subtle. We didn't need that little bit, right? They sometimes I love like the um the blatant product placement. Like it's just get your coin, get your coin. I know that's right. (laughs) Now denim is scared as there is a Montreal curse, as every year a Montreal girl has gone home on Snatch Game. And Kiki's gonna be like, get ready. So we're gonna fact check that ship. Kiara as Mariah Carey, out. Suki doll as Yoko Ono, out. Lady Boom Boom as Mado, out. There's the curse. Will it be broken? Let's find out. It's time to play Snatch Game, and we are in a fun little studio and not on the main stage. Thank you very much for that. I like when we do it not on the main stage. We have our host, Brooklyn Heights, who will blank their blankety-blank off. So we have no extra budget to bring in new people, so we're playing with Brad and Tracy. How do you feel when the co-hosts are supporting Judges Play Snatch Game do you prefer that or when we have celebrity cameos or that week's judge? Woo! With these hosts, judges, hosts, I think that it was a bad idea. They're just not funny people. They seem very nice. I don't. They kind of do have charisma, but as far as being funny in Snatch Game, it should have been someone else because that's really where... The like, enthusiasm isn't... Yeah, the enthusiasm is really not there. It's almost like, well, we have a contract and we're supposed to be here, so we're here on set. Uh, which is why when they have, like, on other franchises, they bring random people and they're excited because they're like, oh my god, I get to do Snatch Game. I like when we shake it up a little bit because it also, it kind of forces the girls to have to play a little harder and, and smarter because they can't be relying on the judges to save their asses. Right. I do like Here's the how we queen will... to like another drag queen that has done Snatch Game. Sure, sure. I'm listen, there are many of those who could they could have called and said, Hey, remember when you were on this television show? Come back and do it again. Here's how we're gonna do things. We will go character by character and discuss their performances. Of course, there will be parts that overlap, but we will hit all the beats. Are you ready? Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's start off with Venus as Joe Exotic. It's everyone's favorite, second favorite criminal politician, Joe Exotic. Okay, the voice, pretty good. But yeah, not a winning performance. Oh my gosh. On a side note, George Santos would be such a good Snatch Game character. That, Girl, that, you no. know it's going to happen. That would oh, be you, you know the first person that submits an audition tape this year with George Santos, they are getting cast just to do George Santos. They can have the worst drag up until Snatch Game and will be saved just to have George Santos. Oh my gosh, I would live for that. Um, Joe Exotic. Like I could almost see them, I could almost see them reaching out to Meatball and saying, We'll give you extra money, just come on the show so you oh, can do your Meatball uh, does George do Sickening George Santos. Meatball does do a sickening George Santos. But um the Joe Exotic was meant for me. 
This is mid. Um, yeah. It wasn't terribly a terrible performance. It just was not my favorite of the bunch. I had other people who was like giving me a good cackle or two. I didn't laugh that. Um, Venus. Joe tells Brooklyn that they call him Joe Exotic, but he will domesticate her any day. Meow. Ew. He tells her to come down to the farm sometime. If only he had said zoo, because that's the joke, because he had a zoo. Okay. Our first question goes to Tracy. Design challenges are really getting out of hand. I heard next week that queens will be making outfits out of nothing but blank. Tracy says tuck tape. So let's see what the Tiger King says. He says... He comes from America, and every king and every queen needs two things, a rifle and the Second Amendment. God bless the USA. Oh, my God. And then we get the question, what is the Second Amendment, Joe? He's not sure, but it's protecting him so far, except for the time he killed Carol, which he, he didn't kill Carol at all. Um, she's not dead, so really a f- unfortunate joke slip up. But somebody passed him his rifle and Second Amendment. Now, I think the joke with the Second Amendment and the rifle is funny. Very, very well played. The follow-up, very, very well played. But if you are going to do a character like Joe Exotic that the majority of the world knows, you can't have a slip-up like she did with the Carol line. Like, yeah, like if you're going to do the slip-up, you, you have... Right, you, you could say Carol's husband and then stop say, speaking. That would have worked. Um, but... you. Carol's not dead. There was a conspiracy that he wanted to kill Carol Baskin, but he didn't. That could have been the line. So for me, yes, there is a lot of research that goes into Snatch Game and one little minor slip up like this. We're going to talk about it. Because we know this character, like that's the thing is when you pick a character like this, you can clock that team. And shockingly, this is all we're going to see from Venus here. She has a high placement, but that's that's it. That's her bit. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, because. <laughs> Let's discuss it. Hit her with your best shot. It's boxing champion Manny Pacquiao. Hello, hello, Philippines. It's me, Pac-Man in Canada. The fucking painted on mustache was ridiculous. <laughs> I get it. You don't want to deal with a mustache that might fall off, but painting it on your fucking face, that that was like an oil slick. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Manny will say to Miss Brooklyn that she is very welcome for having him on the Catchphrase TV show, and she is very welcome for having him there. So let's find out what Pac-Man says about the design challenge. He says because he grew up in the islands of the Philippines, he wrote seashells. And we will hear Manny do sea- she sells seashells on the seashore in the Filipino accent. And this got Brooklyn to bowl over in laughter. So Manny will tell Brooklyn that if he if her English is so good, she should be English teacher in the Philippines. And maybe she'll cover he'll cover her in seashells there. It was just stupid. So fucking stupid. The amount of camp. The amount of camp. Exactly. Now, our first question to Brad is, I just joined the gayest new gym. When you sign up, you get a towel, a hand fan, and a blank. Now, Brad says an enema. Uh, very classy. I guess the real friends of WeHo love them. Well, Manny says, a free trial membership on Christian Mingle. Oh, boy. Why is that? He says that Mr. Brad is very handsome and says his eyes and his lips 
he should have a girlfriend, a Christian lady. He likes his lips. I think it was kind of funny for the very homophobic character to be hitting on the <laughs> homosexual without realizing you're hitting on the homosexual. So I don't know if this was a, a planned bit or in improv or if it was just Melinda, as Melinda does, saying words and it being funny. But as a character arc, that's good writing. Yeah, it worked. Like it worked. It's like, okay, so are you are you one of the sisters now? Like <laughs> Yeah. Now our third question is being read. But we have to take a pause because Manny got thirsty and drank Jesus's holy water. He thought it was wine already because he touched it and he says it tasted like finger wine, aka dirt. I hope Miss Melinda told Miss Amy that she's going to drink her prop. But it was funny. It was funny. I like those two next to each other a lot. Yeah. So our next question to Tracy is as follows. Scientists have figured out the perfect way to conquer stage fright instead of picturing the audience naked, just blank. She says, think of them as cats. Now, before we can find out what Manny says, Brooklyn wants to know how it feels to be surrounded by so many homosexuals. Well, that was Mandy's question you wanted to ask. Drag queens? Is Elizabeth Ho Taylor a homosexual? And please keep Kiki just losing her shit. Brooklyn confirms they're all drag queens, so Manny speaks in Tagalog, saying this place is crawling with homos. When we finally get to the question, he wrote that he pictured them praying to Jesus. But not this Jesus, because this Jesus looks like Mike Tyson. <laughs> Best joke a boxing reference. Boxing reference, so it worked well. It was so dumb that Amy lost it. Bro character. Manny will ask Brooklyn to save her from this Jesus as it's not his savior. We're all going to hell. Saying Jesus looks like Mike Tyson is crazy. <laughs> it was very, very funny. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but like almost everybody on the row below thought they were not in camera sidelines and they were, and they were cracking up also. Um, again, I don't know how much this was prepared, how much was researched and how much was just Melinda being Melinda, but it worked. It was so fucking dumb. That was the best joke for me. Like tears across the board. Well, let's talk about Black Jesus. He died for our sins as Jesus. He's been waiting over 2,000 years to do this. Hello, queens. All right, so this was wild. And yes, listeners, this is the second time I will share to the class that I suggested gay Jesus for someone's audition tape. Uh, so I was onto something. Too bad that person didn't get to do it. But I really do think that, as we discussed with certain other historical figures, this is the way to do it. You take the character and you fucking flip it on their head. The thing with Amy, she knows she's not a performer. She's told us she's not a performer. She's going to try her best. Did she essentially just play herself? Yes. Yes. Did we get literally any content from her? No. I'm telling you right now, we will move on to the next character because she didn't answer a question. <laughs> the it, this reminds me of the um, 
the gay devil, I think, that Trinity did, where it's just like, okay, yes. you expect him to be one way, then they just pop out flamboyant. And it is like that kind of shit. I thought it was now, kind of again, funny. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Amy just didn't have any good content. They didn't want to like knock her down for it. Um, but smart idea, Ashley Madison did it better. I think like the most we heard from Amy was when there was like a reference to the Bible or Jesus or something. And right. then Amy was shining. Right. In. Let's move on to the Bible thumper. It's Luna Dubois, Marianne Cosby. She's the real housewife. She is a woman of the Lord. How does she feel about drag queens? She says they're all sinners, but she loves them anyway. So bad. Okay. So bad. All right. What will they be designing with? Mary Cosby says the Holy Bible. Can she quote the Holy Bible? Brooklyn wants to know if she can give her a Bible verse. Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Brooklyn asks, where is that from? John 3.16, if she's correct. Well, Jesus will be like, lies, it's Matthew 69. Uh, yeah, I bet Jesus would. Um, let's find out funny about Mary because Jesus stole, stole your thunder. It's the chime in for me. And that shit is so It funny. was. What have the scientists figured out? Well, she says that they should picture her to conquer her sta their stage fright. Okay. She says that her congregations think of her as godlike. So when they think of her, God. Stage fright, gone. And why exactly do they think of her godlike? Because she is the first lady of her church. Now, Brooklyn is really not letting her go, so she's going to follow up again and ask, what does one have to do to be the first lady? And Miss Crosby, uh, she's not even going to get a chance to answer because Jesus jumps in and says he's tired of this and says, suck my dick. <laughs> Jesus went there. Jesus went there. Uh, Mary says to not listen to black Jesus as you just got to pray to God every morning. This poor girl was floundering. The fucking... The side comments from Amy make everything funny. Like, I don't know why. But Luna is... Uh, I don't know why Luna was just not... She should have, like, played with um Brooklyn a little bit more. Like, she could have referenced Brooklyn's Smash game. She could have done anything in this moment. Just not be bland. What was, what was wild to me is whoever decided to put the three of them next to each other, that was the most brilliant decision. Because sometimes... The producers put people in places that really aren't good for banter. The three of them, it was essential to their arcs. Um, unfortunately, Luna's the only one who didn't have the ability to take advantage of it. You're right. Like just live in it. Like even um Amy just cracked the fuck up. She was like, I can't. <laughs> Let's talk about Aurora Matrix as Emperor Zhao Bing. He's the child king, Emperor Zhao Bing. Hi, how long has he been dead? He says he died when he was six years old. Someone threw him off a cliff. Like, what the heck? Oh, crazy story. So much potential. The thing that I think Aurora got stuck in is I don't think she wanted to be too over the top and be insulting, but you gotta be. You have to push it to the brink. Dare I say, push it over a cliff. <laughs> It's like she could have used the clip thing for halfway through the bit. Yeah. There's more to the character, I'm sure. So let's find out what Emperor Xiaobing 
would get at the gym for signing up. He says he didn't learn how to use his hands before he died, so he's trying to figure out how to hold this card. When he does say something, he says nap time. He only ruled for two hours a day, and it's already past his nap time. And the fact that she didn't have the kid pass out was a missed opportunity. Like, go full-on Jinx Monsoon um, narcolepsy, pass out. There's the that joke. That's like how you, um, Our... you sell the joke that you just made. Physical comedy. Exactly. Our next question for Brad. Brooklyn Heights is such a trailblazer. In fact, she just announced to be the first ever drag queen to blank. What does Brad say? Launch your own brand of filler. Well, Emperor Zhao Bing says she'd be the first to rule ancient China. Bad answer. Does he have any tips for Brooklyn? Don't get thrown off a cliff. So let's find out. How did you get thrown off a cliff? Who did it? It's best friend. How rude. And this is the quote. They were at the end of the war, and because they lost, his best friend grabbed him, and they jumped off a cliff. Well, isn't that a little bit different than being thrown off a cliff? Yes. <laughs> Those are two different things, sis. Also, I'm sure the amount of Google searches for this baby king were super high after this episode aired. Oh, the Wikipedia was popping off, mama. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, Brooklyn says that some people think Joe Exotic was involved just saying, and even Venus didn't pick up on anything there. Venus probably wanted it to be over, but apparently she did good, so. All right, it's time to get to get Jen Coolgate. Kid Caboodle as Jennifer Coolidge, number one. She is always best in show. It's Hollywood funny woman, Jennifer Coolidge. All right, so. She says it's so good to be there. And yeah, the voice for me was not there with her. Her jokes were funnier, but I think if you combine the two, the best Jen Cool would have been unleashed. Nira's voice, Kitten's comedy. Okay, I definitely feel that. Because the Kitten jokes were, they were hitting a little bit harder for me. Yeah. Jennifer says she loves gay stuff and makes her want a veggie dog real bad. A choice, but she will raw dog that meat before offering it to Brooklyn as she tells her she's a fourth level vegan. Must have those vegan farts. Um, physical comedy was there. Eating a raw sausage. Where did she get it? It's like, do they have a fridge, like a little a workroom fridge? Maybe. Well, Brooklyn won't take it, so the other Gen Cool will ask for it, and Gen Cool 1 will feed it to Gen Cool 2. And I was like, okay, promising we're going to have some good interactions. That's it. We're going to find out how she answers the Brooklyn question, and she says that she's the first queen to ever be launched into space. She has had so much work done that she can withstand all the G-forces with no prep. I actually want to see... Brooklyn go on mission space at Epcot at Disney and tell me how she does because I want to see how it if it just stays there anyway <laughs> Jen Cool will go on and say that they nicknamed the project pigs in space funny can I tell you a secret what's the secret that's it that was the, that, the, that's all of her content they're like we got two Jennifers we gonna split y'all up we gonna Jennifer y'all so let's out. talk about it Near enough, that's Jennifer Coolidge. Brooklyn is seeing double. It's the original MILF, also Jennifer Coolidge. Is she a fourth level vegan? 
Well, she dabbles in meat sometimes, which prompts Jen Cool One to say that she didn't know Peppa Pig could talk. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Remember Black Peppa Pig? Um, maybe I've seen it on, on Twitter, but I don't think was that an actual cartoon? <laughs> no, Black Peppa. Didn't she do oh, a Black Peppa Pig at some point? Pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember Black Peppa. <laughs> All right. About that gym question. Jen Cool 2 says that she loves the gays and she wants to give them something to cool down. The Jenny Cool workout video. It's just walking really slow on a treadmill in front of a fan for you to cool down. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So here, here's the thing. Fine answer. But it wasn't funny. Yeah, part say, of okay. the game of Snatch Game is beyond impersonating and sounding like someone. You have to have the comedy to back it up. You gotta have the jokes. Where are the jokes? So we both had a question for the gems. They both got to answer one question each. What was cut? I want to know what did not make the edit. I would have loved to see them just start fighting. Like this by poor hair, just. I mean, right really play into the old gen, new gen, being like, oh my God, it's like looking at myself 20 years ago. Like, there's so much to do. Speaking of so much to do and no content, Kiki Ko is Elizabeth Taylor. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, and it's old royalty from Hollywood. Elizabeth Taylor, or whatever person Kiki was attempting to be, I don't know. Um, She'll be asked if she knows any good divorce lawyers. Well, yeah, she's been divorced eight times, twice with the same man. That is a fact, not a funny. Damn. Because when they said that, I was like, damn, that's a lot of divorces. It's a lot of money. It's it's (laughs) a lot. It's a lot. Now, Elizabeth Taylor loves her gay people, and she wrote down condom for the gay gift at the gym. She says there's nothing like a sweaty workout. There's nothing like hot, sweaty sex and keeping it safe. Well, maybe that's why she got divorced so much. Her husbands were a part of the team. Maybe. (laughs) When talking about stage fright, she says it's always there. And she says she always thinks of an old stiff whiskey on the rocks. And even Kiki is cringing for herself. Kiki was stressing me out in this moment. She looked great, but that was it. (laughs) Now, I want to talk about Something that Brooklyn alluded to earlier. When she spoke to Aurora in the walkthrough, she discussed how using your culture could be advantageous for you. It's something you can only do. Obviously, Elizabeth Taylor, white woman. Kiki doing it, fine. Do you think if Kiki, like... Melinda leaned into her Filipino heritage and picked a character that maybe not everybody would have known as well, but at least had a little more ability to play into the character itself. It could have been better for her. Um, Probably somebody who maybe she's like grown up or has seen a lot um, within their culture, then that probably could have been helpful, but maybe that could have been a hindrance too. Because then that does add pressure a little bit. So it's like a give and take. 
type thing. It re- for me, what it felt like it was Kiki Ko no knew no one has ever done Elizabeth Taylor before. It's an icon; people know her, so she just says that I'm going to do Elizabeth Taylor. I don't think there was a connection between the two of them. I don't think she had um, a strong feeling for this person, so she wasn't able to embody them. Now, obviously, as a big fan of Drag Race Philippines, there there are we we have been introduced in the world of drag race to a lot of Filipino icons and they were, are very much known for um, their OPM, the original Filipino musicians. And there is someone who, at least in the world of theater and well, Disney pull out Leah Salonga. She was the voice of the singing voice of Mulan. She's known for Broadway. At least everyone would know who she is, and she's Filipino. She can lean into that. I think Kiki Ko put herself in a very, very difficult box. And when she says she can't do the voice, that should have been someone on her team before she uh, got to Drag Race saying, don't do it. Find somebody else. Don't do it, sister. Don't, Don't do it. And finally, let's talk about denim as Julia Fox. It's their favorite gem, Julia Fox. And that vocal fry was just denim. Does she have any makeup tips for them? She don't know. She just kind of did it herself. No denim. Okay. <laughs> now, Julia loves DIY fashion moment, and she brought her purse, which she actually made out of her pubes this morning. She wrote pubes, as Je- Elizabeth Taylor said, it's very coarse. Things I didn't need to know, and if that was a Julia Fox reference, I still don't want to know anything else about Julia Fox. I'm I'm with you. I'm straight with you. I'm like, what is going on? Why is this the last character? <laughs> and that's it. We will find out that come the come to Black Jesus moment as Mike Tyson. That was it. That was when they rang the bell and said, <laughs> "We're done. We're good. Thank you for your time." Um. The snatch game is over. The winner is Crotch Lake, Ontario. I don't know where that is, but it sounds like a place I want to go. Field trip. This was okay as a snatch game overall. It was not treacherous. Like, there were some good moments. Um, I really liked the Mike Tyson No one bombed. Yeah, um, there was no, like, season 15 type. (laughs) The thing that I found with this one was Melinda probably in most other circumstances would have been safe but because no one stood out as a legend melinda did very well like it's never going to be at the same level as uh jinx monsoon bendela cram it's a mid-tier winner if that makes yeah, sense. yeah those were like next level transition snatch games yeah. like it's elimination day and the spirits seem to be bright everyone is happy to have been that done amy will tell us that snatch game was really bad but melinda was really funny the rest were all like bottoms i mean come on that room is very much full of bottoms i don't see no trade (laughs) no venus will give melinda her flowers she's feeling great feeling happy so who will be in the bottom? Kiki thinks she's in danger. She bombed and thinks she has to go to improv school after this. What do I always say on this television program about it? Uh, go to improv before going to Drag Race. Just take an improv one-on-one class. It, it's the best thing you'll possibly do. At least do it online. Aurora is a, yeah, I'm sure. Aurora is a little worried but says that it's going to gauge how you did. Denim is worried as well. She was scared going into it but is told that she looked like Julia Fox, and I can't really confirm or deny it. I mean, the eyeliner looks like Julia Fox. 
Let's see how Luna's feeling. She thinks she might be in trouble, but will stay positive and hope for the best. It's time to beat those faces, and now that they have played Snatch Game impersonating celebrities, Luna reminds them they are all about to become public figures dealing with the fans and attention. Has anyone had issues getting canceled or anything of the sort? Before we find out about the Queens, how about you? Have you ever done anything that almost got you canceled? Um, canceled. Nah, because you really can't cancel somebody who don't give a fuck. So there's that's that. True. That's that, that's true. Yeah, um, I, I'm you? in a good place. I think I'm fine at the moment. Um, I mean, I have been like restricted by the boulets. I can't tag them in anything anymore. Um, so I don't think they like me, but I'm not canceled. <laughs> no, Michael, they're gonna try to be underneath your bed at night. Please be safe. You know Honestly, how the boulets they do. Might, they <laughs> might kill me. Okay, um, let's begin our conversation with Kitten. She says she has an incredible fear of social media. She worries about saying the wrong thing. Nira says that people online will take any little thing and try to put you on blast. Melinda. She hasn't thought about cancel culture until she was filming this TV show called Drag Race and she had a public meltdown. At least she can make a joke about it. She knows what was going to happen, but she didn't. She thought, though, that after but that like, moment, the we live for it. Like we really live for it. Yeah, this is how you're going to kill your career. You're never going to get booked again. But no, no, it, it it probably actually did help her career because I don't think she would have been booked for the drag part of it. Uh, everyone just wants to see her in the Vivian Westwood inspired look. Like, get, get your money, get your check. Venus tells her to take it as a growing moment as they are all multifaceted. It's not like all sunshine and rainbows. They're human. Melinda says they are on this platform that is a pressure cooker and they are supposed to be amazing and super talented elite group of entertainers, which they are, but they're people, people first. Nera says that nobody's perfect and asks why they are tearing each other down when they're all part of the same community. And I'm like, that's the girl who gets to say that confessional. Roll the tapes from last week. What's she doing? 15 different cuss now, words. Kitten, <laughs> right. Now, Kitten says she got called out for the thumbs up emoji because she just put up the thumbs up and was told it was sarcastic. They do have bigger issues than fighting over emojis, but I have a serious question about that. Is that what the thumbs up emoji is? Is that passive aggressive? Because I do it all the time. Is that why people hate me? Like I, I used a little thumbs up reacts like for um I, I think that's what she was referring to. That's definitely not passive aggressive. I'm thinking like that's how you end the combo. It's like a confirmation. Yeah, good. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I'm old. Is that my problem? Do I not know things? Have I aged out? No, some people are just very sensitive, especially when it comes to texting. Like if you send them the wrong thing, they're gonna be like, "Oh, this bitch trying to um get in my mug." What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's bring it to the runway where we have Miss Brooklyn giving us Vivian Westwood X Melinda Verga inspired. What a gag. What a gag. Do you think she had something else prepared and she was like, nope, pulling this one out of the closet? It had to be something she pushed forward because it was just too coincidental too and too perfect. perfect. Our panel this week 
is Brad Goreski, Tracy Melcher, and look over there, it's Jada Essence Hall. Are you a fan of the trade of the season? I love Jada. I love seeing the queens on the panel. I really like that. Category is steampunk. In honor of the runway, we will play steampunk or steamfunk. Are you ready? Yes, let's go. Denim. This was perfection to me. I love that she has taken her whimsical aura and married it so well to the steampunk universe. It's a little rusted little pixie girl. The color story is immaculate. The hair is so cute. The little propeller on the head, the goggles, it was perfectly in line to what you think of in the steampunk world. I love this so much. Oh, yeah. The silhouette is killer here. Like, the structures, the structure and the layering of this, I also really appreciate. And this category in general is just really fucking cool. And to see Denim's vision of it, she ate. She ate. Steampunk. Steampunk. Audience, 100% steampunk, 0% steampunk. Kitten caboodle. Okay, I like this. I'm glad she went with a different color hair, but still remained true to herself by going with an unnatural hair color in purple. I like that the purple hair ties into the purple lining, but in a way, I feel like I've seen this look in a punk goth store in New York City in the village. Like, I've, I've seen it. It felt like a costume. The elements of steampunk are present. She gives you hints of glamour. It's not as bold as it could have been, I think the face mask is very Phantom of the Opera, but make it steampunk. Strong silhouette. If I had to change anything, it is the balance of the black and the brown. It didn't work as cohesively as I think she thought it would. I would have opted to maybe even remove one of those colors and introduce, I don't know, maybe a silver or a bronze or a rust, something else. So for me, it was almost there. I agree with you. It was almost there for me too. Um, it was a similar thing for the color with me. I did not like the purple. And I usually love purple, but just in this category, I felt like it could have been like a more rustic type purple, if anything, or yeah. something just, you know, I don't know. I didn't like it. I did not like this just because of the purple. If it was a different color, I can kind of maybe see. Brooklyn says she was really neat as Jennifer Coolidge. Brad says he could tell it was a labor of love for her and she embodied her spirit as it was really fun and she was being really silly. Tracy says when someone is playing the exact same character as you, it's a risk and it paid off for her. Jada will say to everybody that they can breathe and Snatch Game is over and she feels like people have no idea the pressure, what it's like to come in Drag Race. She says they all ate it and is proud of them all. And says to Kitten, she served and says the runway gags her as it's giving steampunk gambit. I will give her a steampunk. I'm going to give it a steampunk. Audience, 73% steampunk, 27% steampunk. Next we have Kiki Ko. This has vibes of a video character, video game character, or maybe someone who lives like on an industrial planet in the Star Wars universe. I love the hair. That ponytail was really fun. The material she picked for her pants and the top are very flat and do nothing to add to the boldness of the metallics. And that's what drops this down a peg for me. I think black is a very hard color to have on the runway and fabric choices then become essential. I feel like if she had to do it again, she would have seen herself on TV and the mistakes she made with the camera and have has done it all over. But the elements were there. I think the materials were not. Okay, I can see that. Um, Kiki is known for making some exceptional stuff, like yes. some iconic 
out the fucking window outfit. So when I do see her at something like this, I do get underwhelmed. Not because it's bad, just because it's Kiki. Um, right. I didn't like the all black. Um, it was kind of like you said. It was like the material just seemed like it didn't go with what the outfit was supposed to be. I I did not like this one either. Mm-hmm. Brad says she looks stunning and different from what they have seen from her as his breath was taken away. He says his breath was taken away in a different way in Snatch Game. Brooklyn says she made it very hard for herself. Tracy says they all have a reference point when it comes to Elizabeth Taylor and she didn't get Elizabeth Taylor. Jada says the voice wasn't the same as Elizabeth Taylor, but says it is what it is. You either got it or you don't. She says she looks great on the runway and tells and says to her, they all make mistakes. They all have little fumbles, but tells her that even if they make mistakes to not forget to give themselves grace. I will give this a soft steampunk. Mm. If it was on somebody else, I'd give it a steampunk. So I'm, I'm going to give her that steampunk. They were done like crazy about it for Kiki. Audience, 55% steampunk, 45% steampunk. Amy Yon says Chanel. Uh, this thing is steampunk in a way. With steampunk, it's very rooted in a very specific Victorian era fashion that does coincide with the time of pirates without the goggle bra she was just a sea wench on a pirate ship i love this fun silhouette for her it's very different but in line with her personality bringing homage to the islands i wish the hair was a bit grander for me it's serviceable i hated this look um ah Especially if you compare it to someone like Denim, I feel like Amy could have done yeah. way better with this category. It just was not, it didn't have enough detailing or elements for me. Just X, 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 X. I will give it a soft steampunk. I'm going to give it a steampunk. Audience 59% steampunk, 41% steampunk. Next up, near enough. She looks like the madam of the brothel who is about to show you a bad time if you don't pay up. I like the play of the black and the elements of steampunk she introduced. The headpiece and the eye patch are wonderful. The metallic arm is a great touch, but it needed to be counterbalanced with more silver as the gear on the head was not sufficient enough. It needed at least one more thing, power of three. I don't love the boot and how they tie in the front. Aesthetically, they feel like they didn't fit. But her body, that was the best part of this look. Like, that is the silhouette you dream of having. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm with you. The body was bodying, but like I mentioned earlier, I don't like near enough, so she can never get that 10. She can never get that 10, but um, this is not the worst look of the night for me. Is near that. enough your... Is near, near enough my Raja O'Hara? Maybe I just I don't I don't see it for near enough as of now. I will give Nira a steampunk. I'll give this a steampunk. Audience seventy nine percent steampunk, twenty one percent steampunk. Melinda Vargad. This going right after Nira was unfortunate. This was the more button up madam who runs the brothel and tells the girls what to do. I think there is an element of steampunk missing when it comes to the innovations. Where are the gears? Where are the screws? I needed a bit more of the technology that steampunk offers. I think she's giving you a great character. It is the best 
mug she has had all season long. Oh my God, it was so good. The mug was good. I actually do like Melinda and Black for some reason. Like, I really like Melinda and Black. It's just, like you said, there wasn't enough steampunkness for me. It's like, where are the, where's the structure of it? There's just so much different stuff going on when you look up steampunk that I feel like wasn't, it wasn't really elevated, but the look wasn't bad. Right. Melinda will start off by telling Brooklyn she is showing her how Plaid is done. And Brooklyn says that she ran home after the challenge and called her designer and said she needed one immediately. Tracy says she delivered a one-two knockout punch. She senses that Manny is not comfortable around drag queens and says it could have turned into something really easily that's something hateful and mean and says it never was. It was just funny. She says the runway look is her favorite so far of hers. Jada says that her going for the Mike Tyson joke knocked the wind out of her body and left her completely breathless. She says it was so funny and she loved it. Brooklyn says what she did is not easy to do and not something everyone can do. She says it was such a joy to watch and says she's a star. I will give this a soft steampunk. Soft steampunk. Soft. Audience, they agree with us. 57% steampunk, 43% steampunk. Aurora Matrix. I think the color story of the bronze and the lace are used perfectly. The character being a mechanical spider woman is brilliant in the world of steampunk. What is not working, and I don't know why there are these elements of slime green, because it's not really part of this world. It really took me into something different. I really love the innovation concept. Just scrap the green, swap in more metals, and I really would have been here for it. All right. Um, yeah, this is this is cute. This is it was more bug, like you said, but um it was safe. That's what I can say about this. It was very safe. I don't know if it fit the brief exactly, but I did not hate the look, actually. I thought it was cute. Tracy says this look has her spidey senses tingling in all the right places. She says in Snatch Game, she was hoping for a temperamental toddler and says it was leading more toward a whining baby. Brad says that there was so much potential in the character she chose, and there were glimpses of that, but then got on a hamster wheel of the same thing over and over again. He says she didn't breathe and add anything else. Jada says that she didn't really make any mistakes, but thinks her character could have been a little bit bigger and told a bigger story, and then she probably wouldn't be standing there. Brooklyn says it wasn't her best week, but she gives them, as usual, her absolute best on the runway. I will give this a soft steampunk. Steampunk. Audience, 77% steampunk, 23% steampunk. Luna Dubois. Did she get the face mask at the same shop kitten did? Because they looked like twins. I think this is a sexy look and very much in line with what Luna brings. This is the right balance of brown and black, but the tool sleeves not being a full cape really bothered me. I'm glad she opted for a hat as that not many people took that direction as well. For me, it was fine. It just needed a bit more elevation. Yeah, this was, this was something nice. You know, it was sensual. It fit well. Did it give me the sting punkness that I got from denim? No. But right. this was a okay look. Tracy says the runway look at steampunk Mad Max and Megan the Stallion. She says her skin, she needs to tell her what is on her skin, and she's got more Luna than she did Housewife. Jada will ask her to turn around and says all that chocolate. She says that Mary, where her normal thoughts are always on her face inexpressibly, they can see her through, see her thoughts in a different way. She says she would have leaned on Jesus and said, save me, girl. 
Brooklyn tells her she doesn't believe she's not funny, but has a very particular sense of humor. She says it's very dry and sarcastic, but says she has to find characters that really work with her sense of humor. She says her Mary M. Crosby, Cosby was very reserved and he, she didn't think she gave them as much as she could have. Brad says being a woman of God and being seated next to Jesus, there was so many opportunities to play there. He says that Mary missed the Meredith Marks, which is a housewife joke. Um, I will give it a soft steampunk. Steampunk for me. Audience, 61% steampunk, 39% steampunk. And finally, Venus. I love that she knows who she is, but I need a lot more diversity. Coming out showing skin is not cutting it for me. I need something new. There are elements of the Victorian Shakespeare steampunk pirate wench in the look. They're strong. I do love the bronze and burgundy. They do pair well. The burgundy hair is fun for her. The face mask is really leaning more into that world of Mad Max than steampunk. Slightly different universes. It's good. It's not bad. It's just boring. Exactly. It's like Okay, Venus, you look fierce. Muggles fierce. Hair's fierce. Body's fierce. Where's the rest of the outfit? Where's the rest of the outfit? That's my thing. It's it's just, like you said, it's a lot of the same. And we're on episode five so far. I just think we need something different. Like, I would love to just see, like, a sickening, like, just a full-on gown. Something. I want to see clothes. Jada says she looks sickening. She says when she came out, she said, pass the gas masks. Tracy says that as Joe Exotic, she made her roar. She says she came in with the mullet and the stash and the jacket and Venus was nowhere to be found. Brooklyn says that her Joe Exotic really stroked her pussy. She says her Second Amendment joke was her favorite and loved that she didn't know what the Second Amendment was. Uh, Peep Jada with her mouse agape. She was like, are you fucking kidding me? Rad says she was a pleasure to watch and says he thought she did a really good job of seeing where she could jump in and have fun, but says it wasn't obnoxious. Did she jump in at all? That from not our what we saw, maybe their footage. No. I will give this a soft steampunk. Mm, see, I'll give it a steampunk. Audience, 79% steampunk, 21% steampunk. I love steampunk so much. I have begged for a steampunk runway for so long, and I think they did it pretty damn well. I'm very, very pleased with this runway. Yes, like it's, I would like to see this again. I'm not even going to lie. Yes. Like, I would like to see a different franchise do this. Brooklyn has decided that Aurora Matrix, Venus, Kit and Caboodle, Luna Dubois, Kiki Ko, and Melinda Varga are the tops and bottoms, leaving Denim, Amy, Anse, Chanel, and near enough as the top as the safe girls. How did we get here? Do you agree? Yeah. I feel like yeah. Venus was there by default as the, in the top because there really wasn't i mean the same with kitten honestly i don't think this was as strong no one was bad but no one was tops really if that makes sense exactly it's kind of like they knew melinda gave them more than anybody else so they're like okay who else we'll put in the top bit melinda right well the winner is melinda Vargas. she wins five thousand dollars shopping spree at shoe freaks and the golden beaver kitten and venus are safe leaving kiki aurora and luna as the bottom three Let's see how this turns out. The safe girls see the tops and bottoms return and they want to know what's going on. Aurora will speak for the bottom bitches that it's her, Luna, and Kiki. 
Nero will figure out how math works that the tops then would be Melinda and Venus and Kitten. And I wish that we got more content of Nero learning that she was the wish.com version of Jen Cool. <laughs> we got none of that. None of that. Do you think she thought Kitten was going to be in the bottom? Yeah, I definitely think she underestimated Kitten. I think she did. Yeah. Venus will be the one to lead the charge to celebrate Melinda's win. She went from last week to now, as Nira says, it shows something. She's pressed. She's not happy. She was in her boots. She was in her boots. <laughs> Melinda says that not only did she score a win, but she scored an iconic win. She feels like she has arrived. She is grateful for the good, the bad, the ugly, and is grateful for all of them as they helped her turn herself around and she's still there. Venus says it's proof that she is meant to be there because the proof is in the pudding and the pudding is still like shit. Oh, how the tables have turned. Melinda got the power. Luna will say that she was in the bottom the second week and feels herself improving. She didn't get saved the first time she was in this position. If she gets saved this time, she will make it count. You better, though. Kiki says that being in the bottom for the second time, she was already saved by Aurora, but she was in the top last week. She feels Melinda. She tells Melinda to not feel obligated to save her because she saved her already. She saved her because she wanted to give her a chance to show more and has more to show. And she has shown it. Now, Melinda is aware that this is not Canada's best friend race. She doesn't feel the need to repay Kiki for what she did. Was that a line, or do you think she really feels that? That's a lie. She's lying. It was all a lie. Now, Aurora tells Melinda that this week was just a little stumble for her, but has proved she deserves to be there. Now, because we have alliances and we're not keeping it a secret, Nira will chime in to say that Aurora's look is stunning. Uh, it's not about you, girl, right now. Shut, shut your trap. You, you're not having the opportunity to plead a case. Aurora feels her snatch game wasn't the worst, and based on critiques, she should be saved. Venus says it would be gaggy to be saved twice, a.k.a. you, Miss Kiki, so she thinks Aurora should be saved. I want to talk about this, because they didn't really mention it, but if you notice who will not get saved and who is speaking up for a certain someone to not be saved, it's drawn the lines of the girl groups. Coincidence? Oh, so they must be doing alliances down. I feel like we're definitely not seeing everything. Do you think the other queens should have a say? Because wouldn't they be pissed if someone was talking for them when they have to make a decision with the Golden Beaver? Um, I mean, it's okay for queens to give their input, but ultimately it's like, girl, I'm going to say what the fuck I want for myself, man. Let me do that, please. Right. Because there was no one in that room, alliances or not, that was pushing for Kiki. No one was trying to save her. I said maybe Melinda. Well, she's the one with the power. Nira tells Melinda to remember to play the game smart because if she has a person who is a big threat in the competition, you can start cleaning the slate real quick. Was she referring to Kiki or Aurora there? Probably at, at this point, I'm thinking Aurora. I'm, I'm thinking she's talking about Aurora. Even though she said her look was stunning. And this is why I ask, because that vague statement could be taken either way. Because I don't think Melinda is... 
threatened by Kiki. I think they have an alliance. No, but I don't think she's they're, they're friends. They have an alliance. The girls are going to laugh at Nira uh, for saying it, but really it's Amy who gets the laugh when she just randomly says, good luck and don't fuck it up. We're just, just quote the Rubel. Just love it. So what will Melinda do? Heavy is the hand that holds the beaver. She will be saving Kiki from the chomping block and the drama that is about to ensue. That is two saves for Kiki. And remember, Nira, a couple episodes ago, says no one should have the golden beaver twice. Don't tell Melinda what to do. Now, look at where we are. Do you think it was fair to save Kiki? No, but... I understand. I understand. It's a game. It is the Toronto SmackDown Luna versus Aurora. The song is She's All I Want to Be by Tate McRae. Where did this bitch come from? Because she has become everywhere. Do you think she's an industry plant? I have no idea. But all of it, like, I know she had an album, um, and all of a sudden she was on SNL. She's on Drag Race. I know she just did a gig at... um, heaven in london so like she's she's becoming a gay icon clearly um this song like it's a really good song this song was like out months ago and to see it like yeah on drag race while she's blowing up that's really crazy it's like okay what contract did you sign um <laughs> right this was such a fun track to lip sync to i think they both wanted it but aurora proved that she is a force to be reckoned with we're gonna have a lot of arm moving from Luna, and it really was just flailing. Um, at least when Aurora did some arm movement, it was part of the storytelling. Yeah, I like when um Luna does that thing where she gets on the ground and like she does like the little Kim, where she's like moving yeah. back and forth. I'm like, okay, bitch, you better have your signature move. <laughs> Aurora's energy was giving you musical theater realness; like she can perform and hit her beats. Luna was really lost, and once she hit that side of the stage. That was it. She stayed there. She did not try to hit center stage again. Aurora is like, fine, I'll take it. I'll I'll stay here. I think Luna knew it was time. <laughs> Luna knew also, it was her Aurora time. The Marsha Mar- Aurora doing the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha backbend. The only thing missing was that free willy dive, and that was not coming from Luna. Not, not in that outfit. Luna was not about to break that neck, mama. Nah. No. <laughs> In the end, the moon is going to sleep. Luna is out. Aurora wins. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sad, but true. Now the episode is over, right? Wrong. We got ourselves another twist. Next week, they will be competing in Canada's Drag Race. First ever lip sync slay off extravaganza. Only six will survive and two will sashay away. Oh, boy. All I got to ask is... Why? It's like, what happened with production to where they kept somebody last week and now they're getting rid of two people to make up for it? It's like, what y'all doing back there? I I understand that lip syncing is a very big part of Drag Race and you want to be able to prove that you can, in fact, lip sync. I'm just a little perplexed at when you have a nine episode season which i believe this one will be why you take away a competitive episode for this lip sync challenge when we see them if you had a 12 episode order where you have a finale and a reunion and could build in one of these episodes like basically the u.s does that's fine i can understand it but i really think this is 
a disservice to this specific cast. And we're going to talk about it in a moment. But first, I got some burning questions. Are you ready? Yes. What is Luna's legacy? Um, great representation for people who are just genuinely themselves. Great representation yep. for people who are like literally themselves. She didn't let, let Drag Race change her. She was like, okay, I was raised a certain way. This is how I am. Y'all are getting me. Y'all are casting me. And that's how it's going to be. So, I mean, she stuck yeah, to herself. So she didn't was, change. Then that's true. I think she wasn't going to be a TV personality. She was herself. She did give you some heat in the, the drama department. She did give you some spiciness. Um, it was very much a old school drag race kind of persona where they're they're going to give you the drag first and if a television character pops out great who won the week who the best episode melinda yeah melinda uh, she, she's a, she's turning into a standout like her love her hate her whatever she is the star of the season right now i'm so interested to see like where melinda will end up there's no way in hell she's winning that. I can confirm that right now. There's no way we are going to allow this drag <laughs> to have a crown. Imagine. <laughs> All right. We have our lip sync slay off. Who do you think will slay and who will go home broke? I definitely think they're ready for Amy to go. So Amy's just going to be gone no matter how they perform. Um, as far as the lip syncing, I don't know. So let's 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 go through the cast and figure out how we think they would do because I think almost everybody at this point has lip synced at some at, at already. We've seen everybody lip sync. Um, Amy, it's going to be dependent on the songs because yeah, she's fierce, but watching her do uh, come through. She, she didn't win it, but she tried. She really, she, she, so I'm a little worried for her. Aurora clearly is going to be fine. I think she could win the episode. She could be in the top. I think she'll be more than fine. Denim, that one I don't quite know. Um, because I don't think we, we, she's one we have not seen. I don't know what she can bring as a performer. I am a tad worried because she does, doesn't seem like she's a big, boisterous performer. You put her up against someone who's a dancer, could have some problems. Kiki, she's fine. She'll be fine. Will she be great? Maybe not. I'm terrified for Kitten. And this is why I don't like this challenge. Kitten has already proved she's not the best lip syncer. She went against someone who cannot lip sync. I think Kitten's going if this challenge is all that's going to be the determining factor she should not have to be in this position but that's how the show works right i hope they don't do my girl kitten like that melinda i think she's an absolute psychopath so depend again depending on the song who knows she could do well nira should hands down be very 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 do very very well uh she can perform i think brooklyn likes her style of performance uh, so even if she does drop lyrics because she's doing tricks and stunts, they're going to give her a free pass because it's entertaining. And Venus, 
same thing. She's great. She's very good at performing. Um, I think we're going to have some vixens biting the bullet and dying in this next episode. I'm very, very terrified. I don't like this challenge. I really, really don't like this challenge in the way that this season's arc is going. It's going to be hard. Like just going to the people like we did. Amy's really the only one I see going home. So two people going home, that's going to be a gag. I mean, based on track record and based on like overall performance, Amy should be leaving and then Nero should be leaving as well. But it's not going to happen with this specific challenge. Nero's too good of a lip syncer. So that's going to be interesting. Absolutely. She's going to, she'll be fine. But I got a question after five episodes, the winner of the season is. Oh, God. All right. I know your question. So let me think wisely before I answer. The winner of the season is probably going to be Aurora, to be honest. I would love to see Aurora. Track record-wise, I mean, Venus? She hasn't stumbled yet. Yes. If she can give us some clothes, I definitely can see that for her. What is the challenge that's going to hold her up because she's proved she can act she's proved she can dance she's proved she can sing um she's proved i guess in this one she can do comedy so what's the one that's gonna st- make her stumble oh um, did they do roast on canada i don't know if that bitch can roast uh, i feel like Venus maybe might be able to roast i think she might be able to so i could also see her being a little mean i don't know that's what's crazy is i i feel like i my heart i'd like to see aurora win i'd like to see kitten win because that's the story of the season i just don't think this next challenge is going to be for her i'm scared oh we're gonna see hopefully my bitch comes through so i love kitten i hope so all right where can we find you on social media venmona any projects you want to plug you can find me on Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Christian Ringle. Um, but for real, just look up the TikTok. It's at Zach Iconic. Um, Instagram at Zach underscore Iconic. And yeah, I graduated like I said I would last time. Congratulations. Look at that beauty. Yeah. Now you're gonna go out into the real world and be an adult. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Well, thank well, you thank so you for much for being me. here. And you'll be back in the new year. I know that for sure. Season um 16 is coming, so. It sure is. It's going to be a long season. 